In the pines, in the pines, where the sun never shines, you'll shiver when the cold wind blows. There's a grave in the pines, where the sun never shines, there's a grave that's shaded with the pines. That's me in there, slumped against the steering wheel, face jammed against the horn, blood between my teeth. It's Christmas Eve 1967, and although it might not seem like it, I'm on a quest. Some might say the noblest quest of all. <coughs> I was driving back from my aunt's place in Goliath Falls when the accident happened. As a self-diagnosed, paranoid wreck, I checked the glove box a number of times to make sure that my mother's ring remained accounted for. On the final check, I took it out for inspection right as a woman made a dash across the road. I swear, she looked just like my Beth, all dressed in white, with eyes that cut like headlights through the snow. I swear it, of course, dropped the ring and barreled headfirst into a tree. I'll admit now it wasn't one of my finest moments. I'd been out cold for God knows how long when he found me. Shiny black boots, a receding hairline, and the gin-blossomed cheeks of a seasoned alcoholic. The man in the Santa suit. Hey! Hey, you in there! You gotta wake up now, buddy. It's cold out. You'll catch your death if you ain't careful. I came to with his voice ringing in my ears, the sting of bourbon in my nostrils, and the girl firmly on my mind. Come on, kid. Nearly there. a boy. He'd forced the door open and wafted his liquor under my nose. I thought the stuff would revive me. I guess the guy was onto something. <coughs> what? Where is she? Easy now. Take it slow. You've had a bit of a scare, that's all. Where's the girl? What girl? What happened? Well, son, seems to me you had a fight with a tree. And the tree, well, the tree won. Technical knockout, I'd say. Oh, jeez. Come on, kid. At least you still got your health, huh? Do you have my ring? Uh, sure I do. Found it by your feet. I need it tonight. Would you calm down already? I stashed it in the glove box for safekeeping. Figured if you were a god, it might be worth a buck or two. Well, then, I'm sorry to disappoint. <laughs> I'm bleeding. Is it, is it bad? Just a little cut, that's all. Nothing to worry about. The car's a different story, though. I hope you weren't too attached. You can take me back to the city, right? Well... That all depends on where you're headed. Manhattan. I mean, the village. Greenwich Village. That right, huh? Today's your lucky day, kid. Really? A couple of Manhattanites on the road. Just give me a minute to grab my things, would you? M might take me a second or two, given the state of the road. Damn, icy. Oh, I guess I learned that the hard way, huh? <laughs> I guess you did, kid. We'd better get going. <laughs> 
I also catch pneumonia, and I've got to tell you, the chicken soup diet ain't for me. My wife's a terrible cook. I'll make sure never to come round for supper, then. Who says you'll get an invite? I gathered up all I had in the back seat. My typewriter, a couple of sticks of gum, some loose change, and a tin of pipe tobacco. Then I made my way to the front, <laughs> closer to the middle now, and grabbed my gun from the glove box. Better safe than sorry. That's what Beth always said. Though, I think she'd intended a switchblade over a sidearm. Me being me, I preferred to court danger from a distance and stuff the weapon into my coat pocket. Say, what you got back there? Your Bible salesman? <laughs> no, it's a typewriter. Portable, supposed to be. But I think the folks on Madison Avenue must have been smoking grass the day they came up with that little doozy. I'll say. Though, I can't say I agree with that sort of behavior. Our nation's for the birds, what with all those riots. And I can't help but think that reef is at least partly to blame. Hop in now, kid. Don't be a stranger. Glad to be back in the warmth, huh? You can sure say that again. My car was like an icebox. I was frozen half to death, practically seeing ghosts. You a scribbler, then? I'm sorry. The typewriter, kid. Do you write? The occasional freelance story comes my way. Pulp fluff, mostly. Crime fiction. Detectives and broads, huh? Raymond Chandler? When he was drinking, maybe. My stuff's closer to Richard Stark. Have you read the Parker novels? Not that I remember. There was a film a couple of months back. Point Blank, starring Lee Marvin. Uh, Pauline Kael reviewed it in The New Yorker. Well, I saw The Dirty Dozen. That was a Lee Marvin picture, wasn't it? Indeed it was. Annie Warflick, based on another book. Annie War? Listen, kid, I don't think we're talking about the same picture here. Maybe not. Anyway... I'm currently trying to get representation in the city, catch my break, as it were, get paid to write my novel. I'm a long way from home, you see. But where's home, kid? Rural Nebraska, a little village called Ermer. My parents are buried in the cemetery there. Seemed as good a time as any to fly the nest. In pursuit of the American dream, huh? Only, she runs a lot faster than people expect. You can have that one for free. Uh, say, what do they call you? I mean, what should I look out for on the newsstand? William. William Brady. But I'm afraid I'm not much of a writer yet. Nonsense. If you write, you're a writer. I drink, so I'm a drinker. Name's Robert, but my friends call me Bob. Thanks for helping me out back there, Bob. You really... Save my bacon. Don't mention it, kid. Everyone needs a helping hand once in a while. I'm just glad to be of service. Well, trust me, you've gone above and beyond the call of duty. Fancy a nip, will you? I'd like to keep a clear head. It's all the same to you. 
I'm a bit rattled from the crash, and the heater's doing a fine job as it is. Suit yourself, kid. Means there's more for me. Now, Bob, I have to ask, what's with the Santa suit? Safe to say you gave me a fright back there. Well, uh, I'm Santa Claus. Thought that part was obvious. At least, in Gimbals, that's the case. It don't pay too well, but the docks are frozen over, and, you know, I'm old and fat enough, I suppose. This thing sure runs faster than a herd of reindeer. I'd hope so, kid. The amount I paid for her. (laughs) So, how long have you been in the uh, holiday trade? Oh, a couple of years at this point. And three, maybe? As I said, it don't pay too well, but it helps tide me over till the spring, you know? Pays for a couple of Christmas presents. My youngest wants a G.I. Joe. Well, I can't say that I approve of war toys. Oh, yeah? Say your piece. Child's play, in my mind, should not glorify violence. And crime stories are any better. My prose is intended for adults. Most Adults, I know, skip straight to the racy part. And that, Robert, is their prerogative. Children ought to remain unburdened. I liked it better when you were calling me Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I apologize. Where are my manners? Seems you left them back there with that twisted wreck. Guess that's what happens when you buy Japanese. Quite. It's all I could afford, to tell you the truth, short of strapping a motor to a tin of beans. (laughs) (laughs) So, Bob, how many kids have you got? In the trunk or at home? What? I'm just messing with you, Will. Three kids. All boys. Ages 14, 12. Let me think. Little Freddy must be eight this year. They sound like quite a handful. So my wife says, I wouldn't know. Spend most of my life running her errands. And they say that chivalry is dead. I was at the copper Christmas tree, as per her instructions, when I found your sorry self by the wayside. I'll just have to tell her that they were all sold out. You've been married a while, I take it? As long as I've been hugging the bottle, I suppose. What's it like, then? Any advice you can give a rookie like myself? I'd say, uh, don't bother, but you've already bought the ring. Made the investment, as it were. Well, it belonged to my mother. Huh. She's a special girl, then. My mother? I wouldn't count on it. Always said I'd amount to nothing. Come to think of it, those may have been her last words. I meant the dame, smartass. But I like where your head's at. It was hard to resist. Apparently so. Now, about that girl. To borrow a term you used earlier... Careful, Will. I'll charge you royalties. Duly noted. However, you can't have the monopoly on the common word. It was a joke, William. Keep talking. Long story short, the girl's a knockout. Front and center. Whatever she's doing with a schmuck like me, I'll never know. She's my only friend out east, Bob. And all the folks back home are too busy to call. I thought I saw her tonight. It's crazy, I know, but I swear, I saw her run out into the road. Boy, you really are a writer. Excuse me? You're letting your imagination get the better of you, kid. It's late, 
The snow's coming down hard. You're probably just tired. Guess you could be right, huh? My aunt is known to have that kind of effect on people. That's why you're out here? Visiting your aunt? In the suburbs, yeah. She's a dotty old bat. And all alone out there. Being her only family, I thought I'd pay her a visit to mark the holidays. Well, I'm sure she appreciates it. To tell you the truth, I don't think she appreciates much anymore. She's halfway to Timbuktu. Tells the same story a hundred times over. I just need to get home to my girl. You understand? I want to propose, but... Jeez. Out of all the things I've been through today, that ring makes me shiver the most. I mean... What if she says, no? I don't know how I could live with myself. Say, how old are you, Will? I'm 22 in January. I tell you, kid. At 22, I was on the Jeb Fire on the Okinawa coast. Lovely beaches. Like something from a postcard. Only, we didn't have much time to admire the view. Nothing spoils white sand faster than a drop of blood. That's very poetic, Bob. Don't interrupt the man when he's telling a story, kid. We were deployed on April 1st, 1945, with orders to move in on the capital. Naha, they called it. May as well have been Shangri-La. There was a hill in the way, see? Heavily defended. Jab soldiers running all over the joint. Snipers in the trees, hanging bodies. The boys and I, we tore a war path across the beach and hid in the undergrowth, see? Some of our men weren't lucky enough to make it that far. We camped under the canopy that night. Though I doubt anyone got much sleep with the sound of the guns, planes going down, and flares going off. We just talked a lot, you know? Cracked jokes, told stories. One of the boys decided that the hill ought to have a name, and we eventually settled on the Big Rock Candy Mountain. Thought we were so damn clever. Do you know the song? I've uh, heard them play it at the gaslight a few times. No doubt, kid. Anyway... Somebody goes to take a leak in the middle of the night and stumbles across the mouth of a cave. Figuring it's our best option, we venture inside and realize that there's a whole system of caves branching off, likely to lead all the way to the other side of the hill. As we head down one of the tunnels, we hear foreign voices in the distance. Quick as you like, we storm into the cave, armed to the teeth, to find a group of yellow faces huddled around a campfire, taking bites out of a Hershey's bar. We gun them down as fast as we can, leaving the bodies to burn up in the fire. And hear someone whimpering in the corner. Lining a torch, we discover one of our own, a pilot, bound and gagged with his own dirty underpants. The jabs deflate the skin from the soles of his feet, broken each one of his fingers, and raided his knapsack. When we took the gag out of his mouth, he told us that his plane had gone down over the canopy and he'd passed out only to wake up on the ground surrounded by slant-eyed savages. Following a string of lanterns, the pilot's arm over my shoulder, we made our way out of the cave system and into the outskirts of Naha, now a crumbled, smoldering mess. By the light of a new dawn, we passed the pilot's cigarettes around and wonder why we'd ever been sent to that hellhole in the first place. I apologize for my remark earlier, Bob. The one about war toys. Don't mention it, kid. That being said, I'm not quite sure I understand what you're getting at. You saved a pilot. That's good, isn't it? Just like how you saved me. By the time we got back to civilization, that man had lost the use of his fingers and all feeling in his legs. 
some sort of oriental infection he picked up through the open woods in his feet. Trust me, kid. He'd have been better off dead. Hell, his wife thought he was dead. When he arrived home, she'd become the village bike. Well then, Robert, what's your point? What was the point? That's my point. If we were just gonna bomb it anyway, why did my squad spend countless hours squirreling around in some damn cave getting used for jab target practice? If we'd just bombed it in the first place, that pilot might have died with his dignity intact. If it's any consolation, it makes for one hell of a story. You need to strike while the iron is hot, Will. Saves a lot of upset that way. You wanna marry that girl, you got the right idea. Marry her fast, and you marry her good before some other fella comes along and thinks he's man enough to take a pop. Do you mind if I smoke? Sure. Go right ahead, kid. Having some trouble there, Will? Pipe smoking is a relatively new endeavor for me, and one that I am yet to master. What's wrong with cigarettes, huh? Too convenient? Not arty enough? I'm sure I got a pack of Luckies in the glove box. An old guy in my building smokes a pipe, and my girlfriend took a liking to the smell. Bought me the pipe, see? It says it reminds her of her grandfather. You remind your girlfriend of her grandpa. I assure you, it's not as strange as it sounds. She finds it comforting. Takes all sorts, I suppose. The dame prefers an older man. Can't say I blame her. <clears throat> of course, my girl in the city, she's the exact same way. Your girl in the city? My mistress, William. Oh. Well. That's the other thing I was going to say about marriage, you see? Don't expect it to last, or rather... Don't expect yourself to. Right. Once the kids come along and her breasts begin to sag, you'll lose a lot of once she once meant to you. You'll start to look for something new, exciting. Me, I went for the shiniest penny in the store. You don't say. Little Jewish girl, 20 years old with a body to match. <laughs> I figure we won the war for him, might as well take a slice of the pie. <laughs> That's an interesting transaction. She came in a gimbals a couple of weeks ago, looking to buy her man something special for the holidays. Couldn't decide between something lacy and something sheer, so she asked for my opinion on the matter. I told her they looked better on the floor. One thing led to another, and I ended up finishing my shift an hour early. Where did you go? Where didn't I go, Kit? Spend most of the day in a man's apartment, rolling around in his sheets. It was a grimy place for sure, damp and dingy, full of dusty books and coffee-stained papers. She told me he was a scribbler, just like you, only I think not as successful. I... I think I'll take a sip of that bourbon now. My war story's getting a bit too much for you. Not at all, Bob. I'm just jealous of your confidence. Dutch courage is a wonderful thing. Anyway, the girl and I. We finish up and she realizes she left her lingerie in the store. Ends up running to the nearest brick and mortar to cop a man something in exchange. What did she buy him? Hell, I don't know. I was out of there quicker than a bullet from a gun. Santa Claus is a busy man this time of year. <coughs> Strong stuff, huh? I'll say. So, uh... Where was this apartment located? Your stomping ground, actually. 
Greenwich Village. You might even know the guy. Oh, yeah? Or the girl, for that matter. What's her name, Bob? Huh? Your mistress, Robert. What do you call her? Like, uh... Like a pet name? Just answer the question. Now, Will, I don't appreciate your tone. What's her name, Robert? It's Beth, all right? Her name is Beth Adler. What's it to you? Pull over, Bob. We're making good time here. I said pull over, old man. I think I'm going to be sick. What's the matter, kid? Can't handle your liquor? The drink's all right. It's betrayal that I struggle to stomach. Ah, shoot. What are the chances, huh? Us being on the same road away to visit the same girl. My girl, Bob. Bethany belongs to me. Hell, William, I'm sorry. I swear I didn't know. Didn't know she was taken? Didn't know she was yours. That being said, uh... It it takes two to tangle, you know. The girl is just as much to blame as I am, kid, if not more so. I thought we were just flirting, and she was the one who kicked it up a notch, I swear. She made the move on me, all right? (laughs) Jesus, Will, what are we going to do? You're the mastermind, old man. You think of something. I'm a dock worker, not a Bond villain, all right? Your girl made a move on me. I did what any man would do. I let her sit on Santa's lap. Oh, God! (sighs) You really couldn't resist, could you? I'm just trying to line the mood, kid. It's Christmas. I feel really torn up about what I did. I'm not one of your army buddies, Bob. Able to crack a joke under enemy fire. I'm in love with that girl. Thought we had something special. A A connection. Turns out the only connection we have is our shared acquaintance with you. The same dirty old man. For your sake, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that last part, okay? Hand me the bottle, William. I think you've had quite enough already. That you cross the line now, kid. Would you stop calling me that? No matter what you think of me, I am not a child. Yeah? Tell your girlfriend that. If you were more of a man, maybe she wouldn't have felt the need to shop around. How dare you! Get off your high horse, William! You take that back! I put up with your pretentious ass for long enough. I'm sorry about your situation, Will. But it's not my fault that the girl doesn't love you back. It's not my fault that you aren't able to make ends meet. It certainly ain't my fault that you don't have any friends. You take that back! Oh, what, Will? Or I'll blow your brains out right here in this car! Jesus, kid. Take it easy. Let's not do anything rash, all right? That's rich coming from you. Cheating on your own wife with another man's woman. Lying to your children about where you've been at night. How can you live with yourself? Don't lecture me, William. I ain't pretending I'm a saint. I've lied to my wife and kids, yeah, but I haven't lied to you. Not for one second. (laughs) You tried to. I didn't want to jump to conclusions, kid. Now, just lower the gun, would you? Let's talk this whole thing out. Why can't we be friends, huh? I don't have any, remember? You've 
ruin my life. There's that writer in you again. Trying to make the worst of a bad situation. Raising the stakes beyond all rhyme or reason. I, I, bet, I bet there's even a little part of you that's getting off on this. What? Wallowing. It ain't a romantic situation, kid. This is real life, okay? You're young. You've been mistreated and you want to flip God the bird. We've all been there before, alright? Everybody has bad days, Will. Everybody has bad thoughts. But you really ought to second-guess yourself before you decide to act on any of them. Uh, I came out here for a fresh start. And you'll get it soon enough. Only so much rotten luck can be thrown a guy's way before he spies a diamond in the mud. Why don't you pawn the ring, huh? Looks like it's worth a lot. Get yourself a nice apartment and Another part of town. Be rid of the girl. I think I'd rather teach her a lesson. Then you'll end up in prison, and your life will be over, won't it? Well done to you. I could escape. From prison? From the cops. Good luck going on the land without a car, Will. I'm gonna take a leak now, alright? Give you a minute to cool off and start thinking like a normal person. We can talk things over when I get back. I rolled the window down a crack, watching him swan off onto the wayside and pondered my next move. I could shoot him in the back, there and then, before driving off. One stolen vehicle, one murder, and a second kill in my not-so-distant future. Twelve crummy months in New York City and she'd be the only thing keeping me afloat. The only reason to make my way home each night through the gutters and the filth. That city. It isn't like you see it in the movies. New York is a cesspool, a sewer. Beth. She'd kept the manure from lapping at the door. She'd kept the rats at bay. Little did I know that she was one of them. I realized in that moment, pistol held in my trembling hand, that I'd become one of the characters in my stories. One of the degenerates. A lesser form of man. And I refused to skulk any lower. In that moment, I knew that it was time to go. Time to take my leave from that city, that girl, her lover, and my life! Merry fucking Christmas! I never did make it as a writer. Jesus, William! Oh, God, what... Christ! What have you done? Now, I bet you're thinking it's time to tune out. The guy blew his brains out. Story's over, right? Wrong. Dead wrong. Because that's not how life works, okay? Didn't Psycho teach us anything? One man's resolution is another man's reprieve. The story continues just in another form. Robert here, Bob to his friends, has been left with one of the oldest plot devices in the book. A body in his car, minus a brain, and no one else to blame or frame. He takes the classic route, leaning 
on his time in the army, no doubt, and heaves my corpse out of the vehicle onto the wayside before dragging it through the snow and into a ditch. My worldly possessions soon follow, including my heavy typewriter, after which Bob takes a moment to relieve himself of his dinner, or, more accurately, a half bottle of whiskey. <coughs> Welcome to the club, Bob. What's the matter, her? Can't handle your liquor. I never was a fan of drunk drivers. So irresponsible. Maybe my untimely death wasn't so bad after all. Better than two car crashes in one day, I figure. Variety, as I so often say, is the spice of life. I don't know who they are exactly, but you get the idea. Anyway, after Bob finishes wiping the sick from his mouth with the sleeve of his Santa suit, he gets to cleaning the excess blood and brains from the inside of his station wagon. And there are a lot of them. Unlike Bob, I went to school. He grabs a handkerchief from his pocket and sloshes the remaining liquor onto the passenger seat, tries wiping it down the little avail, then opts for throwing his coat over it like a makeshift blanket. The wind picks up as he returns to the matter at hand, his fingers turning a deeper shade of purple with every handful of snow he tosses over my corpse. Boy, is it cold. And the wind isn't doing him any favors, freezing flecks of vomit to his beard and revealing parts of me with every blow. <coughs> First my nose, then the tips of my toes, and the blood-stained lapels of my jacket. Bob's constitution gives way after twenty minutes of trying, and he leaves me in the ditch to rot. The saddest, shallowest grave from here to Sacramento. And a belated present for the police come Boxing Day. With the dawn of a new day hot on his tail, Bob pulls in at a nearby rest area to clear his head. While there, he purchases a bottle of wild turkey, some flowers, and a Hershey's bar. Debating between the booze and the chocolate, Bob sides with the former, dropping the flowers onto the passenger seat and stores the candy away for safekeeping. His eyes catch a glimpse of something shiny in the glove box and he retrieves my mother's ring from its hiding place. Well, I'll be damned. A Christmas miracle? Guess it could be. Never had much truck with organized religion, but I know I believe in something beyond the here and now. Fate. Karma. Whatever you want to call it. The Twilight Zone. I might even have seen a ghost earlier this evening. Hell, just the fact that I'm telling you this story now ought to count for something in that department. Getting out of the car. Bob slides the bourbon into the glove box and strides through the snow towards a payphone. Using the final quarter in his pocket, Bob makes a call that is long overdue. Hiya, hon. It's me. So sorry I'm so late. Beth? His wife? Another mistress, perhaps? I wouldn't put it past the guy. Say, are the kids up yet? Put some coffee on. I'll be home within the hour. For you? No, I'm not in a drunk tank. Or in a pine forest. They're all sold out, alright? I got us something better, though. 
Bob holds the ring up to the sun, diamonds glinting in the morning light. I've got some money coming in, okay? A nice, fat Christmas bonus courtesy of Gimbals. I guess they think I've done a good job. Yeah, I'll take you and the kids to Edgar's. We can have a steak each. And then I'll take you to the movies. Sure, sweetheart. Whatever you want to see. And make sure Freddy set out milk and cookies for Santa Claus. I'll need them to set on my stomach. I don't know. The drink ain't agreeing with me tonight. I love you too, hon. And I'll see you real soon. All right? Bye, bye for now. Is it sentimental? Sure. But it's Christmas. What do you want from me? I'm a pulp writer, for Christ's sake. This is the best I can do. My point being, redemption can be found around every corner, along every stretch of highway, and in the coldest of hearts. You just have to tell yourself the right story, that's all. Because stories, well, they make the world go around. Merry Christmas from beyond the grave. I sure hope you found me worthy of your time. In the pines where the sun never shines, the shiver when the cold wind blows. There's a grave in the pines where the sun never shines, there's a grave that's shaded with the pines. My true love lies in the narrow grave in the pines where the sun never shines. Snow lies deep on my true love's grave In the pines, in the pines, in the pines The Man in the Santa Suit starred James Hay and Fergus Monroe. It was written and directed by Joe Simpson, based on a story by Holly Clark and Joe Simpson. It was produced by Finley Cassie. The sound effects are public domain or specially recorded. Raven the Pines by Clayton McMitchin is public domain and covered later by Holly Clark. It Came Upon a Midnight Clear by Kevin MacLeod is licensed under Creative Commons. Stay tuned for future episodes of Painted Shadows. You've been listening to a Liquid Picnic production. <laughs>